Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Welcome to the RTGA podcast. Rory O'Neill is my name, sitting in for Mikey Stafford. He'll be back on Monday, thankfully. And um, big weekend of football to look forward to, really looking forward to this weekend. And keep we keep hearing that this is the weekend the football championship is going to start, but I do believe it will give us something this weekend anyway. And look, it wasn't too bad last weekend. Delighted to be joined from the three different corners of Ireland. Um, Michael Foley, Sunday Times, Oshie McConville and Kieran Whelan, both Sunday game. Analysts, uh, lads, good morning. All right. All right. Just, just before we get into the games, the first thing that I think we should just have a quick reflection on, um, and I suppose, look, given the fact that it's kind of affecting teams, we'll say west from the we'll say from the west and the southwest. Michael, I mean, look, there's a lot of whinging and moaning constantly. Um, the fixtures were put in Croke Park as a double header, and people are complaining about travel cost the time the matches are thrown in at, you know, from a Mayo perspective, people are saying, why wasn't the game fixed for Tullamore, et cetera, et cetera. Would you have any sympathy for that argument? Or can you understand the fixture makers um, predicament in this situation? Probably have more sympathy for the argument that it wasn't put down the country, to be honest, on balance, you know, I mean, I mean, I'd be at Kildare Mayo on Saturday. And I have to say, I was really looking forward to a trip up the country to some to somewhere where a championship match takes over for the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you go to Roscommon or Tullamore or somewhere like that. They're good examples. When a championship game rolls into town, you can feel it in every corner of the town. You can feel it in the traffic. You can just feel the buzz around the place. And as you say, the, the matches that are scheduled for this weekend, they're all they're all they're good matchups, and you you have every chance of good comp- competition in all of them. So, a bit disappointed. A bit bit disappointed. That it's up to Crow Park. In terms of the fixture makers and the decisions they make, I've been trying to figure out why. Um, and the only thing I can come back to is that it's just trying to get enough games in Crow Park to justify a season ticket. Um, but even at that, there's been a good lock of games there. You know, it's been a decent number of games between Dublin League games and and Leinster Championship football and the Leinster Hurling final. And then you've got, you know, we said the the Laurie Mar ring record, all those, all those as well. So it's been, there has been games in Crow Park all year, like and Joe McDonough. Um, so it's it's hard for me to fathom because look, we all know the arguments, we know what the atmosphere is going to be like, we know the cost, particularly at the moment, we know the cost element is very high for everybody. So I have to say, I'd be leaning back towards, I mean, my own feeling on Crow Park is, you know, in Leinster, I don't think anybody should play in Crow Park before the finals. I think every team should earn the right to get there. And I would nearly apply the same logic to the All-Ireland quarterfinals as they are now in football, that, that you, part of the reward for making the top eight is that you get to play in Crow Park. But, but that's just that's just my thought on it. Hey, gosh, the one thing is, though, like, I mean, if you go down the road, let's say from a fixture maker's point of view and the season tickets and that, I mean, if you just have All-Ireland semi-finals and finals for Croke Park and that's they're the only games that are staged there, like, is Croke Park effectively then in use for one month a year and that's about it? Well, it would be at this stage, uh, the way we've condensed things in particular. Um, I think there's there's two things about this, I think. The easiest thing in the world, you know, when it comes to GA is to have a 
a bit of a moan. Um, mm-hmm. Regardless of what's happening, there seems to be an issue, um, whether it be the draws, whether it be the... And, and don't get me wrong, I like a bit of a, a bit like a bit of a moan myself. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm right up again. for a bit of a whinge in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you're, 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 you're speaking my language. <laughs> That's what but football I, is for, really. Yeah, yeah. Really, it's not about the games. <laughs> on. How, long, how long? How long do you off, How long do you actually spend rhapsodizing about football compared to the amount of time you spend whinging in a moan? That's for all of us, like. That's yeah, <laughs> Well, there's a good, definitely a good 70 30 split there, anyway. But um, just, just as well, Michael, there's no rules in hurling, so you don't look exactly. Yeah, 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 these lads, I suppose, first and foremost, to play in Crow Park is a massive thing. Um, and let's face it, for some of those counties, there won't be a huge amount of people traveling. <clears throat> um, from especially from the likes of uh of Cork, maybe. Mm. Um, I'd say there's possibly more people that will head for uh, Belfast than will have that will head for um Dublin to watch for Belfast to watch the hurlers than they will to, to watch uh the footballers, footballers anytime, yeah. But I, I do look at it, I understand the argument as far as expenses not concerned, but I, say, I, I still think when it comes to the sporting event and it comes to the likes of Mayo and Kildare and teams, I guess, I think there's there's a way around all these things. And I think to see two games in Crow Park at this time of the year, I don't think is any real harm. Nick Willow, you obviously the dubs have Croke Park on their doorstep and you've played there like, you know, it's so home ground already, you know. Yeah, no, it is your home ground. And like you've played there many times. And like sometimes maybe do the dubs take it for granted. But at the same time, I think from the point of view of players and management, you often hear them say, Well, we want to play in Croke Park. And James Horn yeah. will probably say, and Aidan O'Shea, if you were to ask him, Well, we want the game in Croke Park. So like Fixture makers are sort of betwixt and between on this then to try and get the balance right between what players and management want and then trying to do right by the supporters. Could you yeah, want, could you appreciate that predicament? Yeah, I think I think that's a, it's a valid point because you know the lads are right in terms of you know it just it doesn't make sense I suppose from a financial perspective and if you're sitting at home and you're a Mayo supporter this evening and you've been on the road the last few years and you know you're thinking god if to get in the car again and trade up the road at six o'clock or even the cost and all those factors and stuff like that but if you're sitting in the mayo dressing room uh james horan's probably quietly happy that the game is in crow park uh because that's where he wants that's where he sees they're going to have to put in their biggest performance and i'd say he would probably prefer to be playing kildare in crow park than at a provincial venue um, so I think there's that contrast between the what players and management want rather than you know what supporters want. And even going back to the Tyrone days, Mickey Hart used to always want to get games in Crow Park before the big days. He was willing to, I remember going back to league games, he was willing to give up home advantage at times to play, come to Dublin to play Crow Park because he wanted to get his players into that environment. He wanted to get them comfortable in that environment. Uh, so I can see it, I can see it from both sides, but you know. Probably the downside is, you know, you're throwing in a, a Clare and Roscommon game, you know what I mean, on top of it, which just doesn't add up really at all, uh, you know what I mean? So particularly both teams over the West, you would have thought some somewhere central over there would have made for a much better atmosphere. So I don't think it's going to work. I can see the cost 
but you're 100% right in terms of players and management some of them will be what will want to be in Crow Park uh, you know even as a dry run for a quarter final if they're getting a bigger game everything they do they can replicate in a couple of weeks time so um, it doesn't make sense from a fan's perspective and it is cost effective but players management might have different views might as well stick with Croke Park actually no seen as we're on it and um, Mike the Mayo Kildare obviously is the big game that's in there you know Mayo a lot of people say weren't overly impressive last weekend yet still got the job done probably more in them um, Kildare as we know have to pick themselves up after being you know rinsed again in the Leinster final what way do you see this one? I think you kind of Kind of box it up fairly nicely there. I think a lot about Mayo Kildare and, and Donegal Armagh a little bit as well. A lot of this is going to be about energy and what kind of energy do the do the teams bring. So like in the Mayo Kildare side, side of things, I would say the Kildare, I mean, I was at the Leinster final and like, okay, teams have taken, you know, bad rinsings in, in Leinster finals against Dublin over the years. But I mean, the way Kildare were coming at it, given their league performances. And I, you know, I would not dismiss the game in Newbridge that they won against Dublin at all at all, just in terms of their own self-belief in that. They would have been expecting a lot more from themselves. So how they, how the concession of those goals so early on sits with them, and I don't know, like they were Dublin, like the flip side of that, I suppose, from the Kildare perspective is, no matter who, the thing that's been most impressive about Dublin really has just been the level of execution on all levels, like the speed they're playing the game, their accuracy, their everything. And you can kind of go, well, they're not being put under a whole pile of pressure, but just the, sh- the basic execution of what they're trying to do has been so good. They probably would have scored three goals against anybody. Definitely two, if not three goals, in that first 20-odd minutes. Um, but it just happened that Kildare were, were in front of the tank today, or that particular day. But it's just how they ma- pick it up. And I guess... Thinking back over the years, when you have these situations, it's often in the it's often in that week afterwards, those three or four days afterwards. How do lads do they do they hold together? Or what's the what's the morale like? Can they can they bring it around? Like from a Mayo perspective, I thought Mayo were very very good last weekend for twenty odd minutes in the first half, particularly their their accuracy was superb. It was way above what you'd expect from Mayo, and then it dripped it dropped back down again below fifty percent in terms of shooting in the second half. Kind of. Bits and pieces sort of reared up, like you know, my own McLaughlin had a chance of a goal early in the second half that he should have stuck. Um, but that little bit of craft in front of goal again is that difference between making a game handy for Mayo and Mayo making the game awkward for themselves was kind of encapsulated in that attempt at a finish. And it ended up being a bit a bit hairy for them. But I always felt, even if like there was you know disputes over penalties and so on, I always even if Monaghan had got the rubber to green on those, I think Mayo would have still have won that game, whether it had gone to extra time or not. Um, and no more than throwing back in the day, as Kieran mentioned there. Like Crow Park is a second home for Mayo now, yeah. so they're going to be they're going to be more comfortable in Crow Park, like than Kildare. So yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. And we know their injuries, Mayo's injuries, look to have kind of tidied up a little bit. The team selection is the one thing that is always seems to be a bit of a surprise because we know, as we know, James Horn, he, he loves he he's, he loves throwing a curveball. The one thing I noticed from the game on Saturday, like, I mean, his six defenders were all wingbacks or certainly halfbacks. All six defenders are natural halfbacks who obviously, you know, will be very suited to Croke Park, you know, punch holes, carry the ball, you know, lots of athleticism and lots of pace. But against that Kildare, full forward line specifically, and that Kildare sextet of forwards, would, would, would there be a looseness in that kill there, in that in that Mayo defense that could give 
Kildare a little bit of comfort in that look. These guys aren't natural one-on-ones. Like, I mean, I don't know whether Podrick O'Hara was dropped or whether or not he was carrying a knock. Yeah. But, you know, like, is there, is there something for Kildare to kind of go after in that sense? Well, it definitely is. I think if, if you look at the teams, suppose if you look at all the teams this weekend, there's very few of them you could trust to perform consistently. Um, and probably that applies to maybe Mayo and Kildare. But Mayo, to me, you know, particularly at the weekend from one to nine, looked very, very solid. Um, you know, I thought... Luan, I thought Aidan O'Shea probably had his best game in a long time uh, in terms of what the link, how he linked it in the middle and how he even just dropped into that half-back line at times. And I thought Mayo did have a little bit of extra protection where they freed up Stephen Cohen and made Aidan O'Shea to, to defensively to close down that middle channel where they were kind of exposed against Kerry and at times against Galway. Um, so there was definitely a, a slight shift change already in their defence. And I think you have a situation where you've probably got Mayo's strength is their defence in midfield coming up against Kildare's strength, which is their forward line, um, you know, in the likes of Flynn and Highland, you know, you have Cribben there, you have Ben McCormick, who was the one player against Dublin who actually performed very, very well. Very good all year, to be fair. Yeah, yeah very good all year. But So you've got, it's it's going to be very, like, you've got Mayo's strength matching up against Kildare's strength. And if Mayo have a little bit more about them to close down that central channel, uh, I think they'll have more physicality than Kildare. They'll have more strike runners coming forward. And Kildare's biggest weakness for me is 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 is, is really in their defence. And like I was, I was kind of flabbergasted how they set up against Dublin because I'd seen them against Westmead, and the game against Westmead was very very loose, open game, and Westmead opened them up a few times. Uh, I'd agree with Mike that Dublin probably would have got three goals against anybody, but those gaps were there against Westmead as well. Uh, and it's questionable whether they're, they, they'll have changed enough to maybe be able to close down Mayo. I just think the open space to Crow Park and an open game of football will suit Mayo, uh, possibly will play to Mayo's strengths uh, and, 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 and they, they could expose Kildare, I think, in Crow Park. That would be my view. Just looking back on the league game as well, Osh, I had a look at it there last night between the two and I was just curious more than anything else because I was conscious when it was happening. I know, look, we... It's it's a it's a fool's errand reading anything into league results, but I I actually think that league game actually mattered a little bit because Kildare needed to win it, and Mayo really didn't give a hoot what was going to happen because they had were they bothered about getting into a league final? They had secured their Division One status, and he'd road tested a few players, so he was happy out. James Horn, I'd, I'd imagine. So I wasn't even sure if Mayo were that arsed and still ran up two twenty on Kildare in a game Kildare had to win to actually stay up in Division 1 and um, that to me would strike a little bit of an alarm bell heading into Saturday what would you think? I'd be surprised if if, uh, if this game was much different to the league game um, maybe not the same as far as uh, how many scores are conceded but I just think that you know when when Willow talks about you know strike runners and, and runners coming from deep. I mean, when I when I think of Mayo and Crow Park, that's the only image that comes into my head. Um, and when I think about uh, Kildare and how nicely they will be set up in order for Mayo to do that, um, it it uh, everything leans towards uh, Mayo. I suppose the one concern is like and um, Mike uh, Mike touched on it in that. There's a, 
Mayo went hunting down Monaghan. It was the first time we've seen them uh, that aggressive uh, in order to, to counteract the opposition. And I think a lot of teams would go into that game and they'd say, well, well we know the way Monaghan's going to set up. Let's, you know, mirror what they're going to do. But they didn't at all. They absolutely went after them in every way, shape and form. And the thing about uh, Mayo was that they were unable to, to sustain that. And as a result of that, I know, Michael, you say that like, they were never going to lose the game, but like it was on a knife edge and that penalty definitely could have changed things. So um, like the worry for, for Mayo is the amount of chances they created in the second half and they weren't taking them. I mean, the McLaughlin one up the, up the wing on a couple of occasions and, you know, just wrong shot choice, wrong decisions in the wrong areas of the field. And uh, that is obviously a recurrent theme. Um, the thing about, uh, the thing you, you, talk, you talk about with Kildare and Westmead, I can go back to the Louth game, you know, and Louth created four decent goal chances. So it's not like, you know, this is a team that went into, you know, a Leinster final, not having been forewarned about what was, you know, what the possibilities were and how teams were going to hurt them. So, like, to not have learned now in three games um, would be slightly worrying in that they may feel as if, you know, um, I, I I said before the Leinster final that, that, that Kildare's uh, best former defence was more attacked. Um, and I didn't think they attacked with the same um, confidence and decisiveness in which they had done in the past. And like you talk about, like when I think about Kildare trying to shut a team down, they were able to shut Kerry down for 35 minutes at Newbridge. Um, it's it's a lot different to try and do something like that in uh, in Crow Park against Mayo. I think Mayo actually need Crow Park. And as much as you know, you can give it. They can give out about you know the the chairman can give out about the fact that they have to come off the road and all those sort of. I actually think they need it because I think there has to be a serious injection of belief and and uh, enthusiasm and you know energy, everything that you would associate with Mayo. But I don't think we've we've got that yet. And I think there, you know, you take about you think about how how much we praise James Horn for. Uh, you know, rejuvenating the team, bringing new bodies in, but it's very unsettled from game to game. I mean, we're not getting this, the same. It's there's a tendency for three forwards, three of the of the of the male forwards to be playing, and then three A and others. You know what I mean? And that can that can come from any one of of uh, seven or eight players. So it looks a little bit disjointed um, as far as you know. If they if they know who exactly their their best team is or the best forward line is, but when I think about this game, I think it couldn't be really be more uh, set up for Mayo to do a number on Kildare, and Kildare will have to improve dramatically. And and you're right, they have they have superb forwards and they can they can hurt um, Mayo. But that's exactly what I thought Monon would do against them. I thought McCarran and McManus and these boys would have a field day, and it didn't really work out like that. One thing, Oshin, I'd say, just in relation to, you touched on the Kildare forward line and uh, particularly the last day. And, you know, you look, you looked at that forward line throughout the league and you thought there was something different about them. You know, they're beginning, you know, their shot options, their score ratio was really good. They were playing a lot more intelligent football. And I think what probably happened against Dublin is, you know, three goals down after whatever it was, 10 minutes, you know, the panic button was pressed and they start, they went back to kind of that Kildare last year and then start taking shots from stupid angles and 
overplaying balls and stuff like that. I think they're better than what we saw against Dublin. Uh, if they get the cohesion right and have that ability maybe to cause cause Mayo a bit of difficulty, uh, particularly their inside line. Um, uh, and that's 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 where Kildare had they have to play to their strengths because I don't think they can I don't think they can do enough defensively to change because they've been they've been they've set up like that all year. I can't see any radical change defence. So they, they're gonna play on the front foot and hope that their forward line hits fire. Nick, you wanted to come in? Yeah, no, I've no, I was just gonna echo some what lads were saying there. Like I mean Mayo traditionally would always give you a chance the way they play. Yeah. Just go back to something Kieran touched on there, and I think it's absolutely right. Like the, the structure was interesting the last day. There was definitely more structure in Castle Bar about Mayo defensively when they didn't have the ball. They weren't they weren't giving you the chance the way they normally would have. And it will be interesting to see could they translate that to Cork Park because that's where they need it. Like mm. this kind of harem scarum stuff, like you know, planned harem scarum stuff that they do. Um has hurt them in the past and that just that little bit of stability could have gone a long way in different matches down the years it'll be interesting to see if they and it's a good game to try it out in because as we've said like Kildare strength is their forwards but even at that Kildare are beatable very very beatable for a Mayo team going well um, like it's it's yeah I, 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 the reason just to go back to Oshin's point why I thought they would always win the game re, actually was their reaction to I think it was the Lee Keegan penalty that wasn't like their immediate reaction was to go down the field and get a score which which impressed me, I have to say, no, for Mayo. Um, like, they didn't, it wasn't panic stuff. Like, they just, they, okay, they got off, they made, and they capitalised on getting off on a, on a tight call, and they got the score. Um, but which, yeah, look, at, as usual, half the stand were shrieking in the last minute, and, you know, the high <laughs> ball's landing in, and there's fellas running around, and it's yeah. like, what the Lord, she's like, it's just like this, they're like bees to honey with drama, you know, but yeah. like if they can get that stability into the game, that's what I'd be curious about now the next day, because I think we're all thinking they're going to win. So, I mean, I'd, I'd mm. be curious to see, will will that structure be there that we may see going forward into the last day of further on? Maybe? It's why they've kind of always been, I suppose, at nearly everybody's second favourite team outside of your own county. And I was just looking at the draw, like if they were, if they were poxy enough to, end up on the opposite side now the only way they can end up on the opposite side is draw Derry in a quarter final would you be surprised Milo to see Mayo back in an All-Ireland final uh, it's possible um, because when they do get that bit of momentum and, the, and, the, and on any given day they have the capability we've seen that over the years where they can take they can actually take out anybody uh, on, if, when they're performing Still, though, my concern for them this year will be just that final third. Um, and they just don't have, you know, having that reliance on Matthew Ryan kicking scores or the halfbacks or Lee Keegan having to come forward and kick a score after 20 minutes, you know, without Tommy Conroy, without Ryan O'Donoghue. They've no, they've no kind of really inside forward that really, they've no, they haven't got a Jack McCarran or Conor Allen or David Lifford or, you know what I mean? You know, even Shane McGuigan or that type of forward inside that that is going to maybe uh, create a lot of difficulty. And I, I just think that that's where they're too light. And obviously they've introduced the likes of Aidan Orm and Darren McHale. And I think Horn is trying, he's trying to find something. He's trying to find something. He's hoping something will click. But I just think, Rory, they're a little bit light inside and, uh, and, and, and probably a little bit predictable as well. And I've struggled maybe to break down uh, defensive systems which they're liable to come up against if they are on that side of the draw. Um, so, yeah, you couldn't rule it out, but I'm not You, so you can never rule anything out with Mayo. That's the, yeah. 
that's it's just going to. I think it's just going to take something. It's just going to take something to ignite them, and you know, a couple of things are going to have to happen in some of these games where they're going to go. Hold on a second. Do you know that's where we're at? You know that's what we need to be doing. Like they lost to Galway by a point, Ush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone is talking up Galway. They lost by one point. I mean. No, I know they only kind of played maybe for five minutes towards the back end. I just think people are very quick to dismiss them, you know, like, and, and, and I know that there's the age old argument that they let you down on the big day and like all that palaver. But I, they, I might let, they might let you down on the big day, but they have an awful knack of getting to the big day. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's know, it. And if, if I was a team, if I was a team and I was, I felt as if things were going wild for me, and all of a sudden, quarterfinal, semi-final, I run into Mayo in Crow Park with fifty thousand Mayo people there. Mm, mm. So tough enough not to crack at this yeah. stage. Well, the final the, maybe not so much. Yeah, the the state. Let's stay with Saturday, Saturday, lads. And obviously, the precursor to that game is going to be Ross Common, Claire Mick. Um, nine points all when they met in the league above in the hide. Old dirty old day in, back in February, which probably has no significance, maybe, or, or does it? Um, tricky game to call, though. You know, they're not a yeah. very well matched. You know, mm. like all like all the games this weekend, very well matched. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think. Look, Roscommon will probably look back with a fair old share of regret on the on the Connacht final, just in terms of the misses of the first half when they had the chance to really put Galway on the rack. Uh, Claire are a very tidy team, as we know, down the years, you know, I mean, and again, like beating on a penalty shootout in the Munster Championship, when that, when that side of the draw, when you look at, when you look at how it panned out, it could really opened up for them, maybe they're as well off not having another match against Kerry, just leave it, just leave it be for one year anyway, yeah. um, but I find it a very, t- I find it a very tight game to call, um, yeah, you, I suppose your traditional head in you would say it's common, but like, Clare have been there or thereabouts to get to an All-Ireland quarterfinal since the last time they've, they got there. They've been so consistently in around this top 12 that uh, it won't take a whole effort to fall their way, I think. You know? mm-hmm. And um, the, we heard a lot about the, the Roscommon forwards heading into the Galway match and that they've got scoring, that they've got a scoring thread all over. That probably would be a lot of people's sense of it going into this weekend, Wheelow, in that they probably have the better thread up front maybe rack yeah, up a bigger score in a venue like Crocker yeah I, I think the Crow Park factor again just might lean towards Roscommon um, you know I I watched Clare against Mead at the weekend um, you know and they probably should have won by a lot more um, you know Harry Hogan pulled off three massive should say if they could have three goals but having said that you know even in the game against Limerick their execution up front of goal they was poor at times and they kind of only fell over the line on Saturday. They kicked eight wides in the third quarter. Um, so they're going to have to be a lot more economical, I think, in front of goal. And I think that to me is the key. I think Roscommon, you know, even having the benefit of that league run out against Galway um, will, will probably help them and they might just be a lot more comfortable. And I think Roscommon's six scoring forwards, like they've, they were flat against Galway uh, and you would expect that, you have to be a little bit of a kickback from them, from them, and you know, looking at Clare at, at the weekend, great achievement to get where they're getting, and, and you know, but they beat a very, very, very poor me team. Let's be honest about it. Uh, so I just think Ross Common are just at a higher level in my view, and I think the six forwards will make the difference in Crow Park. Yeah. 
is there is there a danger sometimes though Ash, that we can be slightly patronizing towards Claire and Colm Collins you know isn't he doing a great old job in division two there now and he keeps him in the league every year and do like do people give them enough credit really for in in a genuine sense like it's a sort of pat on the head type credit which I'm, I'm I I often wonder does that actually belay the abilities that they have I think it absolutely belays the abilities and I think Sometimes when we're talking about Claire, uh, we we don't know enough about them. Yeah, that's what I feel. I feel as if we've never really got to know them, even though like when you think about like if I think about a team who are in a similar vein to Claire, like how many teams have Claire and Roscommon played in the last ten years? Probably in the league, probably six or seven teams. And so the like Claire and Roscommon will will know each other um, very very well, but I think. Sometimes it feels patronizing when you're talking about Claire, and even when you're when 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 you are talking about them, it, it probably is. Um, but like I th- I do think that the praise that that they get is genuine, um, because it, I do feel as if um, if, like for example, if if I wa- if I watched Limerick and Claire in the in the Horland last week, and I think how many of those players could possibly be playing football at a at a high level and do for their clubs. Um, you you're amazed at what Colin Collins has done. Uh, Colin Collins has done um, with the the players that he had that he has that he has had as uh, at his disposal. Um, but I do think that Clare have changed a little bit in the last two years. I think um, defensively they're uh, a lot more tuned in than they were. When I when I watched Arma and Clare a couple of years in a row, I mean it was that typical. You know, we'll play fifteen on fifteen, and we'll, you know, we'll take our chances. And you know, Gary Brennan will win, you know, ten kickouts in the middle of the field, and that will give us a springboard to, um, to use our forwards. And they have some decent forwards. And Saxon, the last day, you know, looked like a player who was gonna make a rack towards the end of the game, and probably didn't get as much off the possession that he had that, um, that that his possession is what it deserves. So. I do. I think there is a change in in Clare in that they have they have moved with the teams big time. Um, they don't ship a, a huge amount of scores, um, and I think the um, that gives them a base to win any game. So, like as I say, they'll have absolutely no fear having played Roscommon as I say, plenty of times in the last number of years. So I don't think they'll have any fear whatsoever. And I think that's just that's a pure toss to coin one for me. And they'll be carrying the flag for the mighty Munster Football Championship on Saturday. And uh, we'll be right behind them, Mick. But um, speaking of the Munster Football Championship, sure, we may as well, you know. I presume this is the rest of the podcast now. Yeah, no, we'll talk about this one. We're talking about Kerry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in fairness. Uh, but um, yeah, Cork Limerick is going to get the ball rolling on Saturday. That's live in Parky Cueve, where it's live on RT2 television as well, as we know. And uh, you know, a, lot, a lot of people fancy in Cork. They've got home advantage. They've got a bit of momentum, you know. But, but how did I mean, it, I don't think it's that simple, Mick. It's never that simple against Limerick. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, Cork and Limerick always, doesn't matter what state they're in, there's always the possibility of a of, of a, a very tight game and a Limerick win. Like, it's just the way they, it's just the way it operates, always and ever. Um, look, Cork, Cork, what can you say? Like, I mean, they've, they've had no luck with injuries. 
Uh, but then on the flip side, they've had all the luck with the draw. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're the only team that can make the last eight with two home matches mm. and they'll have played the two teams that got promoted from Division 3 this year, Loud and Limerick, if they do win. And, and they avoid Kerry again. And, uh, oh, listen, this is, uh, this is uh, you know, yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable, you know, but, mm. you know, could run into Dublin though, which might be worse. <laughs> like it's just that's the thing. You this is the, that's the thing for both Cork and Limerick in this. And it oh god, we don't want to go back to structures, but yeah. um, you know, whoever wins this might be just must just heading straight into a set of flying propellers somewhere else. But um, <laughs> we'll see the next day. But like. Look, Cork, to me, I, I, I've seen a bit of Limerick. I've covered Division 3 final. I was at the Tip Limerick game myself and obviously saw the Munster final. Like, I would I would say that if, if Cork can replicate what they managed to do, because I thought Lowe's really missed a chance against Cork. I really do. Like, I mean, to go down there, and we had heard, like I had heard during the week that they were going to go full on Derry and just sit right back, right? Mm. And if I heard it, well, then Cork heard it as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, what... I, I just couldn't understand it. Like, if if Loud Loud would have had enough in the in the tank there to really go after Cork, shake him up a bit, and see what happens, because that's the nature. As the lads, I mean, inconsistency is the centerpiece of this weekend. All these teams are there because they've been inconsistent. So have a crack, see what happens, and take it from there. But to go into that game with that mindset and not go after Cork, I couldn't. It really gave Cork an opportunity, and they t- and eventually they took it. Um, and I would expect them to take uh, take the chance. Now that they've got it against Limerick, but we'll we'll see after that. Then mm, there's a flip side of it, though, Willow. It is a big opportunity for Cork at the same time, considering midway through the league, people were touting them for Talchon Cup, that they were going to be relegated. Obviously, the manager had to step away for you know health reasons. There was a change of senior, a change at the top in terms of the management. The injuries seemed to be racking up. The media as we know, just loves putting the boot in on them. I'd say they're probably the most, you know, the most maligned team in, in Gaelic games. And yeah. I think like to go from that situation to potentially on Sunday, having the opportunity to make the last eight and a day out in Croke Park. I think that's like, I said, I, said, yeah, I said a few weeks ago, I thought, I thought in the back of the Kerry game, the fact that Cork had, had uh, you know, all you asked for that day was to play with a bit of pride and a bit of fight and a bit of battle and they've done that you, you know they, you couldn't criticize them for the first 50 minutes yeah the game got away from them but it was more the manner of the performance that day that was important rather than rolling over and and taking a hammer and yeah. the body language being poor so i think that i think they 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 took a bit of energy from that um, and like last week was last week was horrific for them right it was horrific because as, as mick said like it was Derry plus one. Like it was just like it was unbelievable. It was the lowest. It was the lowest block of the lowest blocks that I think I've ever seen. And people said they retreated it within to the within inside the forty five. They were actually inside the forty. They retreated. 40. They retreated to the Jack Lynch tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, they, but in fairness to Cork, right? They had to find a way last week. They had yeah. to find a way. And having a good yeah. tradition of and figuring those still, types of games out. Yeah, there was two things that stood out for me, I suppose. You know, number one was they did carry that similar structure that they had against Kerry, where Powder played as an extra defender and Ian Maguire probably dropped in against for the halfbacks. And it was very they set up pretty similar. So at least they're they're they look like they're setting their stall out to play in with a system that 
gets the best out of them. And then in terms of the forward, obviously Sherlock is still moving very, very well. But Brian Hurley is like he had to come out on Saturday. He had to come out to the 50. He had to take on long scores. He would have taken a lot of confidence from the few long range scores he picked up. So they still had to find a way. And they were never last week, they were I'd never felt they were going to lose the game. You know, Loud never looked like winning it until they actually maybe pushed up and they got two, three like in the last eight minutes. Yeah. That would be a bit of a concern from a core perspective, you know. I think Limerick will play a lot more orthodox. Um again, like I think Limerick's probably biggest weakness is they love to play a possession game and they run it through the hand. They love their short kickouts and they run it through the hand and they're, they're big down the middle with Killian Fahey and Donovan and Josh Ryan on the edge of the square. But they, but they but their build-up play can be quite ponderous and quite slow. And I think if Cork are ready for that, they'll cause them difficulties because there was times when Limerick struggled to get by halfway against Kerry. Uh, so I think Limerick are, are, are a little bit limited in what they do. And I, I just think Cork will... Cork probably are coming into this a little bit more confident on the back of the two performances. So I think Cork will edge it in my view. Is that the biggest issue for Limerick again? Like all the beaten provincial finalists also is lifting yourself after the Trouncing in the Munster final? It is. Um, the only thing I would say about Limerick is like as much as, you know, the vibes were good before the game. I mean, like, come on, somebody, you can't tell me they didn't see it coming. Do you know what I mean? And you can't tell me that there wasn't some sort of uh, preparation done mentally for the fact that, you know, they were going to be beat first and foremost. I mean, they took an awful, an awful doing, but I, I do think that the mindset going into that game was crucial and will be um, crucial with how they go into this game. But, you know, just what the lads are talking about, I mean, I watched uh, Cork and Derry um, this year and Cork had, Cork absolutely no pace coming from their half-back lane from the middle of the field <clears throat> and they've improved that dramatically and uh, that's what got them through the game um, last week and I think on the flip side of that uh, anybody who watched the um, them and Loud in Division 3 final will realise that uh, the cross-field ball in the rain a bit more direct Wheelow talking about how ponderous they are sometimes it's ridiculous um and Cork will allow them to be ponderous. Cork will allow them to be ponderous and probably won't challenge them in that area of the field that much. Um while they create their own defensive structure. So I think I think that that gives Limerick the opportunity to be a lot more direct and play that cross field ball in. If they can win it, they have the forwards to cause Cork a hell of a lot of problems. Again, there isn't going to be a big pile in this and and funny. Having talked to some of the loud lads about about Limerick, they, they had a, a fair idea of how good they were. But the fact that um, the Corker threw that game last week, and again, don't want to go down the lane of patronising, but Corker struggled against teams who have set up like that in a, in a mm. huge way, and who eventually figured out and win the game um, last week. They deserve a lot of credit for that. Because I, I, when, when you talk about most Mullane, nobody give them more stick than me. And, no. and, and believe me, they deserve No, you've it. given them plenty. I, I know. I've yeah. been listening, Rush. Don't worry. <laughs> believe, believe, believe me. Believe We've me, all been listening. Deserve it. Best luck of the weekend, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so on to the biggest game of the weekend, I think, really. And it's great that it's on RT2, live four o'clock, obviously. the um, I was just trying to think there. I have a feeling, you know, like I couldn't confirm it because it's very difficult to ascertain these things. But I think it's our first time 
doing a live presentation from Clonus in 16 years, which is because um, ordinarily the BBC would be there and we'd have very little reason to be there from a presentation point of view. So all, all heading up. So really looking forward with from that point of view. Um, but that's by the by. Who cares about that? Well, I wouldn't say it's by the by now. Is there any yeah. chance at all of an anchorman style standoff with Mark Sidebottom in the by? No, do you know what? No, 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 no. You've got a, a good TV feature, Mick. Mick, <laughs> <laughs> Mick, you just, you're, you're just better be careful because we know, we know, you know, Donny God bring the best out of us. You can get a little bit. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very relaxed this week. Yeah, I look, I think everybody's looking forward to it for different reasons. Um, some, I was, I was looking at it, Mick, and you know, the way some teams just seem to have it over other teams, irregardless of form, irregardless of, you know, position, league, whatever. And I was kind of going back through the last championship meetings, and obviously it's 12 years since Armagh beat Donegal in the championship, and four the last four defeats have been relatively recently, and obviously the most recent one was only a couple of weeks ago. Is that a factor? It could be. Like, Donegal-Armagh is an interesting old rivalry because it goes back and forth like that. Like, in Oshin's time, Armagh had it over Donegal in a big way. Mm. And I could be, Oshin, correct me if I'm wrong on this, I think if you go back even before... Armagh's heyday, Donegal would have had it over Armagh. So it kind of goes back and forth and it can get quite tetchy and quite cranky. And well, that's what we want. We want that. (laughs) I actually actually think I think that this could be an absolute dinger of a match. Me too. I I really do. I think they could the two teams could actually take the handbrake off here now. Like because just go for it, like I just I don't know. I just think that they've both seen probably from their from their performances that the more leeway they give themselves to have a crack the more successful they've been, you know? Mm. Um, I'd say if Armagh had it back around again in that Ulster Championship game against Donegal, they'd go after Donegal a bit more, you know? And mm. I think Donegal have surely learned from the last day that they are a better front foot team. Like, I mean, I just... The one thing about the Derry game that I couldn't fathom out, and look, I know, in no way, shape or form would I purport to be any kind of a kind of tactical person in these matters, but, like, if the whole country is saying... Donegal are going to mirror Derry. Jesus, if I was Donegal, I'd be going, we're not going, I'm not going to, no. We're, let's try something different. Like, let's try and just, let's try something for a while that's going to throw Derry a little bit that they may not be expecting, you know? And I mean, it would have actually, it would have actually fed into Donegal's strengths to go after them. And the very fact that Donegal are at the level of football they've been playing for the last few years, or a division, they were a division one team, on paper, they would have been a better, I would say, they have a better squad than Derry's. Why didn't go after them? I don't know. In a bigger way. And I know you appreciate Derry's system is very hard to play against and all the rest of it. And that's what's interesting me about this game because, I mean, all the momentum is with Armagh now. Yet, you look at Donegal. I think Donegal and Armagh, if I'm right, finished on the same points in the league. Armagh were third, but Donegal, same points. Um, if Donegal had played even a slight percentage point or two better than, than they did the last day, they would nearly have won the Ulster title. So... But the reaction Donegal appears to have been quite negative and there's a, the mood up there isn't great. And there's, a, of course, as always, a lot of questions about, well, what do we do with Michael Murphy and the influence that will have in the game? But it's a fascinating match. And really, it's again, I go back to that word energy. It's, it's just going to be really interesting. I think if Donegal bring the right energy, I think they have a terrific chance. But all the momentum is with Armagh. And they really needed to win the last day. Beguini needed to win. The players needed to win. But I actually think they need to win again now. 
They really do. Like, I didn't entirely buy into all the stuff about our man in the league for the reason that they, they struggle in the US Championship, as we know. But now that they're out of that and they're back in the qualifiers where they generally have done okay against middling opposition. But now they have an opportunity to put two big performances and two big wins against two serious teams. If they can do that, you know, they'll be a force to be reckoned with. Is that the key, Yosh? Back to back? I think the key is, is uh, you know, my uh, Mick started with the, with, at the start with, you know, how Armagh go about it, first and foremost. And, and how they go about it tells you everything about what the mindset is. And uh, I think the, the, the strange thing that I found with Donegal the last day was that they didn't go after Derry's kickouts a lot more aggressively. And that was just that's just a, that's just that was just a starting point for them, and I think uh, that gave Derry the upper hand in a couple of different ways, but in particular, um, mentally. Um, and I think the the thing about uh, Armagh the last day was that they went back to some of the things that had worked for them, and look at there's a couple of teams last week who went out of the championship with a whimper, and will have nothing but regrets until they get the until they get the nails in their hands. Uh, this time next year again, and I think long, the one thing long that, time away. We, yeah. <laughs> we won't go there. Yeah, and, and uh, the thing about the thing about um, the thing about Armagh the last day was that I think they learned a bit from what they did in Donegal, and I think if Armagh are going to be successful, it's going to be uh, the way the, the way it's going to work for them is that they're going to have to play a little Armagh a little bit like Mayo guys, a little bit like Mayo. Um, and except for I think that up front we can do a hell of a lot more damage. Um, I think we have, we're missing f- now more than likely five big, big players. Uh, Neil Grimley, Kieran Kelly, Kieran Mackin, uh, Oshin, and now probably Conor Mackin. So they are five huge, and I'm not just talking about huge players other than the effect they can have in the game, but actually in stature. And one of the things we struggled with the last day was winning our own kickouts. Like, that's not going to change. Like, Donegal, are, that's one thing that Donegal are not going to change. They're going to go after Ethan Rafferty. He's going to have a little bit more space, though, as far as Clone is concerned. He's obviously going to take huge um, confidence from what happened last weekend. But I think on the flip side of that, I might need to go after Patton. If he kicks one or two over the top, so what? So be it. Even if, if, if they get a goal off it. I think um, the mindset has changed. Uh, but but that needs to we we can't blink now, you know we we can't blink and and go back to like when I hear um when you hear Kieran Donaghy for example talking after the game all he talked about was we're just going to walk really hard, and that's how simp that's how simplified it needs to be as far as Armagh are concerned. The other thing I like about I liked about Armagh last week was that they took a lot more chances than Tyrone did. Tyrone had multiple opportunities to kick the ball inside. And they wouldn't do it because they wanted to retain possession. Armagh lost a, a nice few of their kick passes, as much as everybody is, you know, talking about how beautiful, you know, some of the kick passes into the forward line. Armagh turned some of them over. So what? It, it kept, it kept, it, I tell you what it did. It kept, um, it kept Tyrone honest. Um, Tyrone weren't able to just advance out, play all those nice little, um, Areas that they want to play in to cut down the space because they were worried about the space in behind them. And it's only, I know that's only a small, simple thing. And again, I know I'm at turning the ball over as a result of that, but still, it's the mentality that you go into a game with and the fact that if I give a ball up, 
what about it? We'll get we'll get it back. Like I think was it every score came last week from from turning the ball over in yeah. the first half. Sorry, Always in the first like half that, yeah. from from, yeah. from turning the turning the ball over. So the ability to turn the ball over is there. Um, but look at I'm afraid of it. I'm af- I'm afraid of this game because uh, I do think that as much as you know it's been negative from Donegal, I think they'll be smart and I think Donegal are now in the position where I'm at where going into the drone game in that you know they're going to look at that game and they're going to go well hold on a second what is the point in Stephen McMenamin having the most touches of any Donegal player inside the 14 yard line Caelan Ward second most what's the point they're not going to have a shot they're, you know they're not going to they're not going to play that decisive path they're going to go in there and they're going to recycle the ball and uh, it's just a, it's a complete totally not a waste of time and then on the flip side of that, Derry were catching them on the break. So, I mean, they'll have learned, they'll surely will have learned a huge amount from the thing. But, and if they bring the energy and and uh, and the football and ability that they're capable of, then, you know, it's going to be a tough afternoon for them, I think. You're, I, know, I know we spoke about this uh, before, Will, and you're really looking forward to this game. How do you see it? Yeah, I'd agree. Everything what the two lads said, I think psychologically it's, it's intriguing because you've got as you say, a Donegal team that are coming off the back of a defeat where I'm sure they've sat in a room and they've said, lads, that was a pile of shite. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, you know, and they're going to come out and they're going to say they'll definitely go and have a cut. And, and they can be quite good if they get those runners onto the ball. And they got in behind Armagh in the, in the last game a few times. Now, Armagh, I thought, were very tentative that day. I thought they were probably first round of the championship. There was a big expectation weighed on their shoulders. They stood off them. They allowed Donegal. Like, remember, they, they two goal chances straight after halftime. And Maureen O'Neill caught the long ball. And then Patton pulled off a save. And the energy that sucked the life out and Donegal closed the game out. So I do think Donegal are going to be better. 100%. I think that we'll, you, you should get a performance unless they have issues in the dressing room. And then I'd agree with what the two lads say. For Armagh, it's about consistency. It's about that energy. It's about that work rate that they brought last week and how they can mix it up. I think there's one area that's going to be interesting. I know she, you were talking in relation to turnovers, but I, I think I thought last week that, um, you know, I think there was 11 of the Armagh scores came from kickouts seven from their own kickouts and four from the Tyrone kickouts. And I think they broke 50-50 on Morgan's long kickouts. And you're probably like nowadays and the the way the game has gone, and you'd expect both teams would press probably the kickout. You know, you're talking about 50% of your kickouts are going out long. Um, and, I, and I thought Armagh were excellent in that area last weekend. They obliterated Tyrone. Tyrone only had Conor Kilpatrick. And that gave them chance to get early, quick, direct ball into the Armagh forward line. A bit more competitive um, there this week. Donegal are going to make that a lot more um, difficult. And I, I know you touched on Oshie about Conor Macken being out. I thought he had a massive game when he came in last weekend. Is he? He's definitely out. What was his injury? Or no, he's not. De- he's not definitely yeah. out. But yeah, yeah. So he's playing. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the list of injuries before, like there's lads going around with plasters on the top of their fingers. They're gone anyway. <laughs> well, I think. I think. I think the thing with Conor Macken was that it it looked. It didn't look great after thing, but I think there was a lot of Armagh people at pains to tell me that uh, it's one. Well, it might have been a lot of things, but it certainly wasn't concussion afterwards. So, um, <laughs> so that might suggest that you know he might have a chance, but have a chance, yeah. Re- but I do, reali- realistically, like it's going to be he's doubtful. Like, but I do, I do think that that midfield battle is going to be crucial. Donegal have you know 
bit of strength in that area. Uh, and, and, and that could be where Donegal could put Armagh under pressure. But I do, I think it's going to be, everything the lad said is spot on, it's going to be a fascinating psychological battle because both teams, both teams have a point to prove. Armagh have to make a statement that we're here, we've arrived, and we're going to give this a serious tilt where Donegal are kind of, is there one more uh, sting in them? Because other, they are possibly a dying wasp and they've nothing to come out. They have to come out and, and say, right, we're going to have a right cut off this and play to their strengths. And I think we'll see that. Uh, you'll get a bit of a bite back from them. So I, 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 it has has the makings to be a fascinating battle. And I do agree with Mick said at the start. I actually think it will be more open. Yeah, I think it will oh, yeah, be I... more open game. I think both teams will, will definitely come out and try and win the game. You know? A lot of this comes down. It's, I don't know, it's, you know some, some weeks you just end up on a, a team when you're kind of, kind of thinking about football and things and identity think about that about identity this week and football teams and that and Donegal like I think one of the issues with Donegal is that they don't I don't think they're sure of their identity at the moment I think you've got within the management within the way they're trying to play it seems to be back and forth between various different types of styles of play that that seems to be an issue with them like I'm not so sure it's the last thing of a dying wasp because the age profile of the players isn't that old. Like, I mean, well, like, I probably mean the context maybe of the, of, the management the possibly management, might have yeah, the yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, this is make or break yeah. for them for sure. But I think if they can, the, 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 I suppose what I'm trying to say is that for Armagh and Donegal, to me anyway, when I think of Armagh, I think of hard work and fast flowing football. Let's Get, let's get pace into our game and let's go and let's attack this. And kind of that works for Donegal as well, with Michael Murphy in the middle of it, picking where he needs to be. Michael Murphy at this stage of his career reminds me of Brian Wheelan with awfully years ago. Like, you can have a debate about where Michael Murphy should play, but really just leave it to Michael Murphy, I think, you know, to figure out where he needs to be, but give him the freedom to make those Hen- Henry, Henry, Henry Shefflin did something similar towards the back yeah, end of his like, career as well. Like, the smart player... You, on you the see, field knows where where he needs to go. You see a lot yeah. more. Of it, you see a lot more of an hurling actually. Funny enough, at that stage not, as well. You, you don't know? agree? We love. I'm not, not too sure. I'd agree with that. Yeah, oh, yeah, the two lads don't agree. We've opened the can of worms here. All I say is, all, all I'm trying to say is, I suppose, is that I like the idea of Murphy deciding to go into the edge of the square mm. for a bit yeah. and then come on away back out. It works. It works for Donegal when he goes mm. into the edge of the square, but leaving him there maybe doesn't. Mm. So it's just that. Push me, pull you, but it's it's such a fascinating game with so many levels. It's right I, I, reply, I, 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 Well, no, I just think at times I think he, he probably needs a more definitive role in what he's trying to do, and and I think in the past sometimes he tends to come out when they're struggling, when possibly they need him in there for something yeah. different or a different outlet and stuff like that. And 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 I think like he's been what a warrior has been to them, but uh, I would definitely I think Michael Murphy has probably decided over the last four or five years where he plays, when, and, 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 and how. And maybe they do need a little bit more planning around that as to maybe leaving him in there for longer periods. And and going back to Ushin's point, you know, if you hit one or two in and they come back out, so what? It could be the next one that goes in that ends up in the back of the net uh, and just giving them something different inside. And it depends. Like a lot of time depends on the team you're up against, you know, mm. whether he's in there or not. But I, I think he needs just... A little bit more defined role. That's just my own view. I think this. Osh, do you want to hand Donegal the Murphy master plan and be responsible for the undoing of our mat? Off you go. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I, I would always be an advocate for you know Michael Murphy at the edge of the square, and, and I do understand that that is not 
purely and simply the prescribed medicine that Donny that's going to get Donny Gall to where they need to be all the time. I 100% know that. But Michael Murphy left to his own devices in the Ulster final uh, was exposed and badly exposed and targeted and that shouldn't have been allowed to happen. But was he carrying and, a knock, do you think? Was he carrying a knock? I'd say he's carrying multiple knocks at this point, Mick. I and I'd say they're the per- way- permanent, you know. Been carrying all the baggage of the team for years. All the more reason, all the more reason, Mick, than he, than he should have been sent over into the corner forward area, well, away I, from what was happening. But he was targeted yeah. twice. And, and like Derry won the game with two points and, and they got the two points off. Of Murphy, you know what I mean. It, the theory was put to me, and it, it, it kind of held a little bit of water for me. And again, Ocean, you'll be able to blow this over the water pretty quickly with your expertise now. Um, like that, if Murphy was carrying a knock, the knock that was suggested to me that might have been an ankle injury, right? So if he wants, if he goes to the edge of the square, that's a lot of pivoting, a lot of moving, a lot of short, sharp stuff that may play into that knock. Whereas if he plays in a more central role, kind of facing up the play a bit more or whatever, that 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 might have suited him better. No, I agree with you 100%, by the way. Like, I mean, where he was put and how he played in the final, it was incredibly detrimental to Donegal in the context of an overall game plan that was detrimental. But I just wonder, on, I, I don't know, I, just on Sunday, if he's at, if he's at full tilt, um, moving him in and out from different places, I think is possibly the way to go. And look, we're looking at a man, if they had had the resources out the field, would have been the, possibly the greatest full forward we ever saw. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I think sometimes that Donegal need to use Michael Murphy as decoy and 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 let and, and that's when those other boys need to step up. The Langans, the Thompsons, the the Mogans, the McBrearys, the you know they all need to, to stand up. And and yeah. that probably hasn't happened on a consistent basis, realistically. And he's been left to carry the can, and that's why he's trying to be in all areas of the field. And when you're trying to do that as a footballer, to try and put out fires everywhere, like. You're in a no-win situation, and and I just, but I do, I do think that you know, as much as you know, he has the experience, and he should be able to decide this, and he should be able to say that. Sometimes you have to save players from himself. And I give you an example of him playing against Down last year in the championship, when he never ever should have played against them. Do you know what I mean? Like he was carrying the knock into that game. They were going to beat Down. They beat them at 20, 20, 20 odd points. He played in the game and he missed. Um, you know, he wasn't right for the rest of the season. Uh, so I wouldn't be leaving players, regardless of who, how experienced they are, to their own devices um, all of the time. Let's put it like that. D- d- r- quick fire, rapid buzz around, so to finish. So the four winners, Mick. Oh, the four winners. Uh, Mayo, um, the Rossies, um, Cork, and oh, flips a yeah, coin and that's says. That's a tough one. Donegal. Wheelow? Uh, Mayo, uh, Rossi's, Cork, Donegal. No pressure, Ash. Uh, I've actually I've flipped a little bit as the week has gone on, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I reserve the right to do that. But uh, I'm going to go um, I'm going to go Mayo, Roscommon, Donegal, and uh, you know what, Limerick. Ooh. He just can't help himself. Yeah, he can't. Yeah, like, but you know what? At least he's consistent. In, at least he's consistent in putting the boot into Cork. By the way, we can't take that from him. 
By the way, Ocean, you, you didn't clarify which one of you flipped over and back on Cork Limerick, was it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, lads, this was, that was that was good crack. Thanks a million. We've got a great weekend again, and I do I do actually think the four games will all deliver. There'll be different things in all four of them, and I think it should be a great weekend for football as we head into the business end. So much to look forward to. Obviously, the two games that we have on Sunday is Cork Limerick and Donegal Armagh will be live from one o'clock from Parky Cueva half one show in and at four o'clock will be Clonus which is our presentation um, radio will have wall to wall online will have wall to wall as usual and obviously the Sunday game highlights is on for two hours on Sunday night just want to say thanks to the three lads Mick Foley from Sunday Times Kieran and Oshin from Sunday game and we'll see you again on Monday when we'll review these games and we'll be checking in on all those predictions <laughs> Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road. And that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar.